Good day to you all, and welcome to the Southview Soundbite, the podcast ministry of Southview Baptist Church in Statesville, North Carolina. I am your host, Stephen Seifert. Stay tuned, and we'll bring you a word of encouragement from the Word of God. Good day to you all, and welcome to the show. Today's podcast is going to be a lot different than we do normal, uh, for, and that's for several reasons. Uh, but let me tell you how it's going to be different as we get started. First thing is it's going to be different because it is going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot shorter than normally, and I'll explain why in just a moment. But the other thing that may, that's going to be really different in, in is this: we are not in our normal passage of scripture in First Timothy like we have been going through the last couple of weeks. Uh, we are going to be in First Samuel. Now, why is it that this is going to be a shorter episode and we're not where we're usually at in the scripture? Well, that's due to several reasons. Uh, number one, uh, due to time constraints, uh, the next week or two, um, I'm having to pre-record, which means I'm not able to do as much prep work for uh, our normal full-length podcast episode um, where we're going through First Timothy, and so this is going to be much shorter, so I can uh, give you a quick word of encouragement from the Word of God and not a full-length podcast like normal. Uh, another reason why it's going to be shorter today is this. We were having technical difficulties in the studio this morning, and I am recording from my cell phone, and so I have no idea how well, how good this is going to sound when it goes out. I may record this uh, podcast and then decide, nope, it's too much, it's too uh, poor quality, we're not going to do it, uh, and I accept that, but we are having technical difficulties, and that's part of the reason why it's going to be a shorter episode today as well. Um, I do hope that you'll be in prayer for us here at Southie. We've got a couple of uh, big things this coming uh, week or two. Uh, we've got Father's Day on the 18th, so it'll be a morning service, no Sunday school and no evening service. Um, and the week of the 12th through the 17th, which is, as I'm recording, it's next week. This is uh, Friday the 9th. And so starting on Monday through t- through Saturday, uh, we will be taking our young people to the Bill Rice Ranch in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And so I will not be in the studio on Monday the 12th in order to do the podcast, which is another reason why we're doing it early. And I'm going to pre-record the 19th podcast as well. So due to limited time I have in the studio today, that's another reason why it's going to be a shorter episode. But... Uh, thank you for coming and thank you for listening today. Uh, we should be in First Samuel chapter number 10 this morning. Uh, as you're turning there, I just want to thank the Lord publicly so much for the blessings he's given us this past week at Revival. Uh, it was an amazing week, uh, three or four days of Revival. The Lord blessed. And if you can, go back. If you missed our Revival services, from Sunday the 4th through Wednesday the 7th, I hope you'll go back into our Facebook page at Southview Baptist Church and watch those and listen to those and be encouraged by what you see. <clears throat> I know I was blessed and our church was, in ble- was blessed, so I hope you'll take advantage of that technology and go and watch it. Now, uh, we're going to start in First Samuel chapter number 10 this morning, 
and we're going to read a couple verses leading up to verse number 11. Uh, just to give you some context here, what's going on, in 1 Samuel 10, you've got a man by the name of Saul. Saul is a member of the smallest tribe of Benjamin, and he is his family is one of the least important families in all the tribes of Benjamin. And so he has not a whole lot to his name except the fact that he has good looks and height. And one day he has been awakened by his father and told that the donkeys are gone. The donkeys escaped. I need you to take a servant and go find the donkeys before something happens to them. So Saul gets up, he takes the servant, and they go searching for the donkeys, wandering the uh, countryside looking for these donkeys. Meanwhile, what Saul doesn't know is that on the other side of the country, uh, the prophet by the name of Samuel, who has been serving as the uh, judge of the land of Israel for the last many, many years, uh, he has decided to retire and he is trying to hand over control of the judgeship to his two sons. And the people of Israel have come to meet Samuel and said, we don't want your children reigning over us. Now, they there's the real reason they didn't want the children of Samuel to be reigning over them, and there's the fake reason. The real reason they didn't want Samuel's sons to be ruling over them was actually a legitimate concern, which is they were not godly people. They weren't godly people. And that was a shortfall in Samuel's life is how he raised his children. That being said, the people of Israel had a double reason for wanting to have someone else ruling over them. The second reason was a a sinful reason. The second reason they wanted they didn't want Samuel's sons to rule over them is because they got in their mind they wanted a king. They came to Samuel and they said, we want a king. Don't give us any more judges. Just give us a king. Samuel is offended, rightfully so. He goes to God and God says, give them what they want, but tell them that the king they're going to have reign over them is going to take their land, take their children, take their daughters. They're going to abuse their power. And so Samuel goes to the people and he tells them exactly what God says. And the people respond and say, no, but we will have a king by force if necessary. And so God says to Samuel, listen to them, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from reigning over them. So all of that's the context. All of that's taken place. And Saul is now wandering the countryside trying to find these donkeys. He's just about to give up. And he uh, realizes they are near the town of Ramah where Samuel lives. And and Saul and his servant decide they're going to go see if the prophet knows where the donkeys are. And as you read in uh, 1 Samuel chapter number 9, uh, we learn something. This is actually during a time period where the phrase prophet was not used, but they called him a seer. So they look around, they're asking for the seer, S-E-E-R. And finally they find Samuel. And Samuel breaks the news to Saul that he is going to be the king of all Israel. And he gives Saul a sign. And here's the sign, chapter number 10. Let's look at 
Verse number two, when thou art departed from me this day, then thou shalt find two men by Ram, by Rachel's sepulchre in the border of Benjamin at Zizia, or Zelza, and they shall say unto thee, The asses which thou wentest and seek are found. And lo, thy father hath left the care of the asses and sorrowed for you, saying, What shall I do for my son? Then shalt thou go on forward from thence, and thou shalt come to the plain of Tabor. There ye shall meet the three men going up to God to Bethel, one carrying three kids, the other carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a bottle of wine. And they will salute thee and give thee two loaves of bread, which thou shalt receive of their hands. After that, thou shalt come to me to the hill of God, where there is the garrison of the Philistines, and it shall come to pass, when thou art come hither to the city, thou shalt meet a company of prophets coming down from the high place with a psaltery, and a tabret, and a pipe, and a harp before them, and they shall prophesy. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon thee, and thou shalt prophesy with them, and shall be turned into another man. Now, Basically, Samuel says, you'll know that you're meant to be king, and this isn't a fluke, and that I'm not some crazy person, but I speak with the authority and uh, sovereignty of God when these things happen. When you meet these people that have uh, that have three kid goats and loaves of bread as they're going up to Bethel to God, when you get to the Philistine garrison and you meet a company of prophets, and when you begin to prophesy in the name of the Lord— that's when you know that this is truly from God. So, verse number 9 through 16, it all takes place. The Bible says this in verse number uh, 11, And it came to pass when all that knew him before time saw that, behold, he prophesied among the prophets. When the people said one to another, What is this that has come unto the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? And one of them uh, one of the same place answered and said, but who is their father? Therefore, it became a proverb. Now, you and I know what a proverb is. If you have done any study in the word of God, a proverb is just a pithy saying that has a lesson tied to it. Now, it says here that the phrase, is Saul also among the prophets, becomes a proverb. It becomes a pithy saying with a meaning attached to it, with a lesson attached to it. Now, Verse number 12 says it becomes a proverb, but it doesn't become a proverb until you see what takes place in 1 Samuel chapter number 19. If 1 Samuel chapter number 19 doesn't take place, what is said in 1 Samuel chapter number 10 verse 12 does not take place. Take your Bibles and go to chapter number 19 of your Bibles. And as you're turning, understand this, that God is often viewed as someone who doesn't have uh, a sense of irony. He is a literalist, so so much in a literalist that he doesn't um, speak in you know he doesn't speak in in uh, ironies or things like that. But the sad part is this: God often does work in ironies because ironies teach us a lesson. In First Samuel chapter number nineteen, this is the second half of that uh, passage in chapter number ten. Saul has been king for a long while, and he is now, he does know, he no longer has the touch of God in his life. He's trying to seek and kill his successor, a man by the name of David. And look what happens in chapter number 19, verse number 22 through 24. Um, he's trying to find David, trying to kill him. He no longer has the touch of God in his life. Then went he also to Ramah. 
Remember that that city, Rama. That's this town of Samuel. Went to Rama and came to to a great well that is in Seku, and he asked and said, Where is Samuel and David? And one said, Behold, they be at Naoth in Ramah. And he went thither to Naoth in Ramah, and the Spirit of God was upon him also, and he went on and prophesied until he came to Naoth in Ramah. And he stripped off his clothes also and prophesied before Samuel in like manner, and lay down naked all that day and all that night. Wherefore they say, Is Saul also among the prophets? Now, when you read verse number 22 through 24 in chapter 19 of 1 Samuel, you're like, what does this mean? This is an irony here, and it teaches us a lesson. Remember, in 1 Samuel chapter number 10, God put his spirit upon Paul or Saul. He put his spirit upon Saul. And between chapter number 10 on, you see God does many great things through Saul. And he gains a reputation for being a man that God has his touch on. Until he began to disobey God. He begins to willfully go against God's commands. And he just gets worse and worse. Saul, in 1 Samuel 10 that we read, gained a reputation. Is Saul also among the prophets? Has Saul gotten religion? Has Saul now become... Uh, some type of religious person? Is he now on God's side? And for a long time, it seemed like maybe he had. But then by the time you get to chapter number 19, people look at him. He's prophesying before Samuel. What is he prophesying? It doesn't matter. The Bible doesn't tell us. But he's prophesying. He is a king who is clothed in regality, who is supposed to be clothed with dignity, has now stripped off all of his clothes. He's looking for David, but when the moment he sees Samuel, he can't help himself. The Spirit of God comes on him. He begins to prophesy. I don't know what he prophesies, but he prophesies. He humiliates himself. He falls down at Samuel's feet and prophesies all day, all night. Can't touch Samuel. Can't touch David. Can't get who he's searching for. And for that whole day and that whole night, people walk by and they say, is Saul also among the prophets? Whereas in chapter number 10, people might look at Saul's situation. They say, oh, wow, Saul's gotten religion. Is Saul now what we might call today a Christian? Is Saul now on God's side? Is Saul now doing what is right? And Saul runs with it. For a while. And then now, and by the time he gets to chapter 19, everybody looks at Saul and they say, <laughs> it's almost like an irony. They're like, yeah, this is that guy that said he was a Christian. There was that guy that said he was following God. This is the guy. Well, look where he's at now. He's humiliated. He claims he's he claims that uh, he has been anointed to be to be king by God, but he's losing his mind. He is bitterly chasing after his enemy. He's seeing ghosts. He's paranoid. All this. Yeah, yeah. This guy's a prophet. And you know what? It's so sad because so many Christians behave the same way. They have a religious experience. They think they get saved, or maybe they do get saved. 
I don't say, I don't believe that, I don't know whether or not Paul, whether or not Saul is in heaven now. People always ask that. Is King Saul in heaven or in hell? Quite frankly, I don't know. I have my suspicions, but my suspicions don't really matter here. The point is this. There are so many Christians that either think they're, there are so many people that think they're saved or they are saved, but they're not leaving a good testimony. And people look around, they're like, yeah, this guy's a, a prophet. This guy is a Christian. This guy claims to follow God. Is Saul also among the prophets? Is this really what a believer of Christ looks like? Why then should we be surprised when we're ineffective at leading others to Christ? Why should we be surprised? Is Saul also among the prophets is a proverb that teaches us, be careful. Because what you do for God in the future will be what you do for God in the present will be remembered in the future. And if you are consistently serving him and consistently walking after him, then nobody's going to have a doubt. Man, he got a hold of something or she got a hold of something and man, they were gripped by it. They're still being faithful. Maybe they did a lot of things in their past life that were that were sinful. Maybe they lived a horrible life, but now, man, they they got a hold of something because they have been consistent all these years. They're not giving up. They're not giving in. They're still putting their hands to the plow. They're still working. They're still striving. They're still doing everything they can to serve God. And then you've got those that get saved and then Maybe they, maybe men, some of the men even decide to go into the ministry, but then they either sin and fall or they just have a horrible testimony. And the world looks back and they say, is this guy a prophet? Is this lady a prophet? Not literally a prophet, but is this lady truly saved? Is this man saved? If they are saved, why is it that what, got him saved was enough to keep him in the ministry or keep him serving Christ. Ask yourself, are you a Saul today? Could other people look at you and they say, are they also a Christian? In a derogatory way? What does your life represent? What does it show other people? Think on these things. Hope you have a great day. The Southview Soundbite is the podcast ministry of Southview Baptist Church in Statesville, North Carolina. Our address is 625 Wallace Springs Road, Statesville, North Carolina. And our phone number is 704-872-9554. You can visit us on the web at southviewbaptistchurch.org. Our Sunday service times are 9.30 Sunday School, 10.30 Worship, and 6.30 evening service. Our Wednesday night prayer service and youth class begins at 7 o'clock. We hope to see you there.